Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. We're going to continue Wednesday night. We go through a book of the Bible. We're going through the book of Philippians, and we're going to look at verses 12 through 19. Now, let me just make sure you are in the right frame of mind, the understanding, the process. Make sure we understand where we're at. Paul is in Rome. He is writing to these people in Philippi, thus the verse is called the Philippians. He's in prison. He's writing back. They haven't heard from him. They don't know what's going on. He's going to bring them up to date about what's happening to him. And he says that. But Paul's there. That wasn't his plan. Paul's plan was to go to Rome. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to take the gospel there. But then from there, he planned to go to Spain. But unfortunately, something happened. Or fortunately, Paul's put in prison. And so he's had a plan. He said, this is what I'm going to do. And he ends up being in a place he's not expected to be. Have you ever been in a place where you don't expect to be? Yeah, yeah. Something come up, you didn't expect that to happen. I didn't think that was going to take place. This isn't what I expected. And yet what we're going to see in these few verses is how God works is unexpected circumstances. Because God has a way of working in ways we don't quite get, do we? And yet he always works. So here's what we're going to look at. First of all, staying positive in spite of your circumstances. Stay positive in spite of your circumstances. Now, not a new concept. Throughout the New Testament, this is gone over time and time and time again. Let me just give you a couple. Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, he says, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. Endurance develops strength of character. Character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. (laughs) We're confident, we're joyful, even when the circumstances don't line up like we thought they should. Doesn't matter. James writes, brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, how many are any kind? Man, seems like I've had every kind, right? Well, consider it an opportunity for joy. Are you kidding me? For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and not eating nothing. So the Bible just tells us over and over again, look, wise up. Life is difficult. Life is hard. Life is going to bring unexpected circumstances into your life. But that doesn't matter because no matter where you find yourself in life, as a Christian, you have a reason to be joyful all the time. For some of you, it'd just be nice for once a week. All the time. Always be joyful. And so that's what he writes about. He says, look, I want you to stay positive. We're going to look at the primary purpose. 
We're going to look at what he's going through and how he stays positive in spite of everything that's happening. The, the primary purpose. So he, here's what he says in verse 12. I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. Paul understood why he was placed on this planet. He understood his purpose. Now, his purpose is just like our purpose. They are the same. Why am I here on this planet? I am here to give God glory. Amen, way to go. Yeah, got it. I am here to help other people come to know more about Jesus Christ. That's why I'm here. I am here and I exist to give honor to God by the way that I live, by the way that I talk, by everything that I do, so that other people can be brought closer to Jesus Christ. And Paul says, look, I want you to know, you don't know what's going on here, but here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that no matter what's happened to me, it's helped spread the good news. No matter what I'm going through, no matter how hard it may be, I'm good because the good news, the gospel, the message about salvation, the message about Christ is going out. That's a great way to live. And I think sometimes we forget that, don't we? We think our purpose is for God to take care of us, for God to make me happy, for God to give me this and give me this and give me this. But in reality, my purpose is what can I do and how can I live my life so that I honor God and so that other people can be drawn closer to him. Oh, pastor, I just wish I knew why I was here. Duh. Very simple. Why did God made you? He made you so he could have a relationship with you, right? He, he wants you to love him, to honor him. And so that's the primary purpose. Paul understood that. And that, that's key to him going through what he's going through. Secondly, the prophet of chains. And then he, once he says that, hey, look, no matter what's happened, I just want you to know the good news is going. And, and, but then he kind of takes another step. And notice what he says in verse 13. Everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in change because of Christ. Paul is in change because of his spreading the gospel, his taking a stand for Christ. People didn't like it. They rebelled. They created a riot. Paul ends up having to appeal to Caesar. He, he has to go through this. So he says, look, everyone here knows why I'm locked up. Now, just for a reminder, just so you understand, when you were in prison during that time, you weren't just given a little ankle bracelet that you could walk around. In Paul's case, what he means is he was literally chained to a Roman guard 24 hours a day. That's the picture. He's under house arrest. The palace guard, the praetorium is what it was called, guard. They, they would come in every day. They would operate shifts. He would have chains on his wrist. He would have chains on his ankles. They would take it, unhook from one, hook up the other one. He was always chained to another person. Some of you would really have a problem with that, wouldn't you? Some of you feel like you're chained to another. Never mind, that's in a whole other, you know. So... You know, the, the shift, because they, they wanted to make sure that Paul was not escaped. Now, these guys weren't just any soldiers. These guys were the elite. 
They would almost be like the secret service of today because they had influence. There was probably at least 10,000 of them, maybe even more, maybe 15,000. And they were the elite ones. They had so much power that they even had an influence on who the next Caesar was going to be. So militarily, these guys were the, the seals. These guys were the big guys. And so when Paul comes to that point, he says, look, I want you to understand that I'm in chains, but everyone knows why. Now, after a while, I think these guards were saying, oh no, I don't want to be chained to that guy again. Because what's Paul doing? Hey, he's got a captive audience, right? So what's he going to do to him? (laughs) Let's talk. Don't you just love it with, hey, can we have a conversation? Can we talk? Oh, no, please, not the talk. Please, not, you know. But so they're chained to it. They can't go anywhere. He can't go anywhere. So everyone that comes through is going to hear his story and going to be preached at. Now, this has a great effect because what happens? Paul is in Rome, uh, the Washington, D.C. of the day, the political PowerPoint, the center of culture in that day and time, the center of the world. And so he begins talking to the elite ones. Now, Paul being Paul, do you think by chance any of them believed him and accepted his message? You bet. And they went and told somebody else. So what you have now is Nero being around and the Christians are growing. Let's use them for sport. They're getting to be too big, too many of them. So his influence just keeps growing. And so he says, look, I'm here. I want you to know I'm in chains. I want you to know that everyone knows that, but let me just make sure you know something. Everybody knows I'm a Christian. Everybody knows about Jesus Christ. And they know why I'm here and they know what's going on. So the question for you and I is, in the people that are close to you, your neighbors, people you work with, does every one of them know who you are? What you stand for? Because that's what matters, right? And so Paul just comes to that point where he says, look, here's the prophet of chains. I'm changed, but here's the great deal. You know, I can't speak to the crowds anymore, but I can speak to some pretty influential people one-on-one and they can't go anywhere. And they can ask me all the questions they want and I can answer them. And the gospel's going out. Wow. Then the productive results. The productive results. Look at verse 14. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Never underestimate your influence on people. Because what they saw Paul doing when he was in his change encouraged them. Because even when he could do nothing, he did something. Well, you know, the place God has got me now, I just don't know that he can use me. 
any trouble or anything that comes into your life is a means for you to share about Christ and know that other people are watching. And one of the greatest opportunities you have for sharing your faith is how you handle bad circumstances. You whine about them. People don't want any part of that, do they? But you know, if you have joy in the midst of them, that confuses people, doesn't it? They don't know how to handle that. You know, how, how, how come you're so happy? We're getting ready to do the gospel according to Scrooge. There's a great scene in there where Scrooge, and you know, he's talking. And he says, how can you be happy you're so poor? And the reply is, how can you be happy you're so rich? How can you be unhappy you're so rich? That no matter what we're going through, we have an opportunity for people to see that there's something different in our life because of who we are. You see, there's all kinds of chains in our life. Paul was literally chained in prison. But you know what? There's a lot of people I found out that there are a lot of people who feel chained in the world. You know, well, I just can't get out of this situation. I'm locked into it. I'll never get out. I can't get away from this. Nothing I can do can get me out of here. I can't change it. Yeah, you know, this job I've got, it's just so horrible and I don't know how I can put up with it, but I can't afford to do anything else. I guess I'm just gonna have to stay in it. Well, this marriage that I'm in, I just feel like I'm chained and, you know, I, I, I don't think I can get away from that. And, uh, you know, why, why can't I get another job? And uh, why can't I get my relationships worked out? And what is it God's doing? And why isn't he getting me out of here? That's our response, isn't it? Well, uh, be honest. Oh, pray that God will give me something else. I'm in a horrible situation. All the people around me are ungodly. Wonderful. You've got a great opportunity. That's why you're here on this planet. So God takes these circumstances, these chains that you and I have to deal with, he uses them to build our character and to test our faith. But he also uses them to be a witness to other people. And he also uses this to be an encouragement to others because when they see how you handle it, they think, well, maybe I can be okay too. And maybe I can deal with this. And Paul just looks at it in this, such a positive way. And he says, look, here's the positive results of this. You know what? No matter what my circumstances are, I feel good because God's at work and God's doing great things and God's going to use me. And the gospel's going out and people are getting to know Jesus and I'm going to be fine. And what a great attitude, right? Yeah. Any questions? I forgot to stop, but that's okay. Looks like I didn't need to anyway. And so that's where Paul's at. He's in this place in the circumstance. I'm changed. I'm in prison. I can't move. I can't get out. I can't escape. I don't know what my future holds. I could go forward. I don't know. But here's what you need to know, people in Philippi. I'm doing fine. The gospel's going out. People are being encouraged. 
it's really hard when you're going through different, difficult circumstances. It's really hard when you feel chained to something in your life that you can't get away from to stay positive. And yet, the Bible says, count on all joy when you face difficulties of many kinds. There's a little light going on, just a little flicker. Just give me a little candle or something, you know. So that's, that's what he does. So that's the setup. That's what he's writing to them. Now, there's another issue going on that Paul has to address. And he says, look, I, there's spiritual priorities in spite of complexities. He says, I want you to understand there's some spiritual things you need to know in spite of all the difficulty and confusion and everything else that's happening. It's complex. It's not easy. And so he kind of changes the subject, but he kind of stays with the subject. He's on the subject of the gospel going forth. He stays with that subject. He gets away from the change. He doesn't want the sympathy. He doesn't need it. So he begins with pure and perverted motives. Pure and perverted motives. So notice what he, what he says here. Verse 15. It is true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry. But others preach about Christ with pure motives. So there's two groups of people. Both of them are preaching about Christ, talking about the gospel. Some are doing it because they love God and they love people. Some are doing it because they're just jealous of Paul and anybody else and they want the attention. They preach because they love me, for they know I've been appointed to defend the good news. The others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They're doing it for the wrong reason. They're creating problems. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful to me. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that when you're in change and when you're going through difficult circumstances, there always is a few people who make your situation worse? We'd call them Job's comforters. People who are trying to help bless their hearts. You know, people who, oh, here's what you need. You know, and they just say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing. They just irritate you. You wish they'd leave you alone. You don't like them being there. They, they tick you off. You ever, you ever notice that? Okay, I have. And so they... Do it because of, you know, selfish ambitions. It's there. There's always those people around. And so what you and I have to do, and what Paul does, he says, look, there's people here who are doing this wrong. There's people here who are doing this right. And there are people that, that are doing that. But here's what you have to understand. You cannot allow your hurt to be your guide in life. If you allow your hurts to control your life, you're going to be miserable and make everybody else miserable with you. If you're going to allow the unfairness of life to judge your life, you're going to be a bitter, angry person. Angry people are usually people who've been hurt and who don't like it. And so 
you don't let your hurts guide your life. You let your heart guide your life. God, I'm your child. I will look at this differently than everybody else. In fact, God, your word tells me that when I face these difficulties, I'm to have joy. I don't want to have joy. I don't want the people around me to have joy. I want people to feel sorry for me. I want people to know how bad I'm hurting. Here's a good one. I want people to know how much they've hurt me. And so we allow our hurts to direct our lives. And when you do that, you create a lot of conflict for yourself. But when you allow God's word to direct your life, you do what is right. People who guide their hurts let little things become big things. And so you and I have to come to that place. He says, yeah, there's people here. Some are preaching Christ with envy and strife, and they're just making a mess of things. Uh, but there also are people who are doing it right. And here's the other thing. When you go through difficult circumstances, there's still some positive things going on. Don't miss them. You see, when you're going through a hard time, you tend to focus on all the hard time, don't you? And Paul, in the midst of his change, in the midst of the unfairness, because he's being falsely accused, he doesn't deserve to be where he's at. He knows that. But he knows it's because of his stand for God, and that's fine. But he, see, he can see the ones that are doing it wrong, but he doesn't lose sight of the fact of those who are still doing it right. And even in the midst of your circumstances, difficult, there are some people who will make things harder for you, but don't focus on them and cause you to miss the good people who are still around you who will help you. And sometimes what we do is we try to protect ourselves from all the people that hurt us, and we end up pushing away all the people who can help us. And then we don't see the people that can help us and we start whining and complaining because nobody loves me. Nobody cares. And yet we've allowed our hurts to push them away. No? Don't allow the negative circumstances to cause you to not see the positive things. Because here's what we know. No matter where I find myself in life, God's at work. God's always working. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. And then, okay, so he's got this chain thing going on. He, he's, you know, he's doing that. He's got this going on where he's doing this, and here's all these people now. That they've got the crowd. Paul can't get to the crowd. So, you know, when you're away, there's always somebody who's going to sneak. Oh, let me take this group, and let me have this, and he's not here anymore, so I'll take, you know, I can say this, and I can do this, and I can get me a following, and I'll, I'll preach the gospel, but I'm going to do it for the wrong reason because I, I want the finances. I want people to adore me. I want all these things to happen, and all that's going on because he's not around to stop it. And so he ends this little section with a promised deliverance. Now, he says something here that you and I just have a hard time with. Verse 18. It doesn't matter. What do you mean it doesn't matter? It matters. They need to stop it. They need to quit. They need to stop doing that. You need to stop them, Paul. You need to not let them handle it like that. It doesn't matter whether their motives are false or genuine. 
Now, we don't like that, do we? No. The message about Christ is being preached either way. (laughs) Here it is. So I rejoice. (laughs) And I will continue to rejoice. Really? It doesn't matter? Well, yeah, the message is going out. God will take care of it. If you'll remember, Jesus told a story one day when the disciples came to him and said, Lord, there's some people doing some bad things and some wrong things, and you want us to go get rid of them and take care of them? You know, let me handle this for you, Lord. I can get rid of them. They're not being right. They're doing things wrong. Pick me, pick me, pick me. I'll go slap them. I'll go do this. I'll I'll go, you know, what do you want us to do? And Jesus says, you let the wheat and the tares grow together. And when we get to the end, I'll separate them. Because if you go tear out the tares, you're going to harm some of the good wheat. Those tares need to be dealt with, don't they? Oh, we can't let them go. God's big enough to take care of it. Right? You don't need to be his emissary in that regard. Be his emissary in loving and being joyful and being kind. But no, I want to put on a badge. I want to place. I'll I'll police the thing for you, Lord. No. Paul says, look, it doesn't matter. What matters is the message is going out and whether their motives are good or bad. Okay, God will handle it. Because he does. The message goes out. You see, we have a hard time. We know, there, okay, there's this minister who preaches the gospel, does it well. Another minister here, this one has, let's say, a moral failure, something happened. Well, how can he do all those things and, you know, do all that stuff and yet be doing all of that? Because the gospel's going to go forth. And the gospel isn't dependent on the character of the person. Because if that's the case, there's no one qualified the gospel is the truth, no matter who it comes from. We don't like that. But Paul deals with it in this regard. Yes, yeah, interesting question. Um, isn't what you're talking about rather contradictory uh, when it's compared against uh, Deuteronomy 19, which says, uh, then due to the false witness, as that witness intended to do to the other party, you must purge the evil from among you The rest of the people will hear of this and be afraid and never again will such a thing be done among you. Show no pity for uh, life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. What's the difference between the two? Well, it's always amazing to me that the people who have that always want to go to the Old Testament. (laughs) Because the Old Testament, it's law. The New Testament, different set of standards, right? Different set of rules. And so we operate differently now. Now, New Testament, it's law. New Testament, grace different. And so, you know, if you find yourself wanting to find a scripture to give you cause to go get somebody, look in the mirror. (laughs) Just be careful. Now, there's one more verse here. Great verse. For I know, you know, okay, let it go. For I know that as you pray for me and the spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, 
this will lead to my deliverance. <laughs> Paul's not going to be delivered. Paul's going to die. Paul's not going to be set free. Now, next week, we'll get into what he's talking, but just let me give you a little preview and understanding. Because what he's saying is this. It doesn't matter what happens to me. Either way, I win. If I die here in these chains, okay. The gospel's gone forth. If I'm free and can go on, okay. The gospel's gone forth. I just know that God's going to take care of me. And he will deliver me. He will help me get through this. He will be with me. He will not fail me. And so when you go through your difficult circumstances and difficulties in life, you have to know, like he said, I'm gonna just keep rejoicing because that's what God wants me to do. And I know this, we sung it. It is well with my soul. It's well. Yeah, it's okay. God's going to take care of me. I'll be all right. God's going to be faithful. I'll trust him. I'll trust him. So I don't know what change you're going through tonight. I don't know what circumstances you are in, but can you have joy in the midst of that? Can you still see the positive things going happening as well as the difficulty? You don't become blind to the negative things. It's not about, oh, I'm not going to confess that. No, 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 that's, that's weird. No, it's happening. But this is happening over here as well. And the God that I serve will get me through this. And he will deliver me. And therefore, I can have joy in the midst of it all. That's how we live because others are watching. God help me to set a good example. God help me to let others see you and me. That's why I'm here. And as I trust you, I know that you will help me. Would you take a moment, you and God, God here I am. Lord, would you help us to be like Paul? to be in that place where we've got change sometimes that limit us, circumstances that hinder us. But Lord, nothing can stop your word from going forth. And nothing can stop my life from being lived by you, no matter what happens to me. So God, help me to live a life that honors you that is a testimony to others and that encourages others so that I can honor you in every way. And Lord, I can rejoice in the midst of all of this because I know that you're going to be faithful and you will take care of me. And so we go from this place tonight to live that joyful life to honor you. In thy name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you as you go. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. 
If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.